You are listening to Lone Star Community Radio on 104.5 KCZW LP Conroe and 106.1 KZCC LP Conroe and worldwide on IRLoneStar.com. Hey, y'all. Thanks for checking out the podcast version of Jake from Sports Talk. I hope you enjoy. And while you listen to the show, Go on over to Facebook and like, subscribe, and follow my show page, Jake from Sports Talk. Don't forget you can listen to the show every Wednesday from 1 to 2 on Conroe's FM 104.5 and 106.1 or on IRLoneStar.com. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome into Jake from Sports Talk. I am live. This is the first live show I have done in 11 weeks. 11 weeks. Every other show you've heard up to this point has been recorded, and it feels good to be back in the studio, back in the station I was in all morning. Started out here at, uh, came in at 10. I hopped in with uh, Dick and Skippy on the mornings with Lone Star here at IR Lone Star radio station. And we had a, we had a lot of talk. They, they were trying to act like they uh, understood sports and like they knew what they were talking about when discussing Super Bowl. And uh, I quickly found out that they do not know much about that sport or anything along those lines. So they were happy to have me in, happy to, to have me fill them in on all the juicy storylines. And we're going to get into all of that good stuff today and why, you know, the game was great, but... Uh, why that wasn't the most interesting thing that came out of not just Super Bowl weekend, but also Super Bowl week altogether. Um, so we're going to dive into that. We're going to cover the New England situation and the drama and the, the cockamamie craziness that's going on right there, right now in New England with uh, Robert Kraft, which I found out this morning uh, is not the owner of Kraft Cheese. I thought that he, I thought he was the owner of Kraft. I mean, it just makes sense, right? He's a billionaire. He, you know, he didn't get a start with New England. So, I, you know, you would assume he, he just invented Kraft Cheese. Like, how many people are named Kraft? So, uh, but yes, and then it's going to be very football, very NFL-heavy um, cop- topic conversation today. We do have the... Start or the uh, today is the official signing day for college uh, athletics, not just football, college basketball as well. All those verbal commits that weren't in the top 300 that get you know signed in early signee uh, area. I I haven't really been following it all that much today as it's been going on. I saw that the number five uh, overall player, he's a quarterback out of. I believe he's out of Florida. Again, haven't been following it that closely, but I believe he's out of Florida. Chose Texas A&M to go to over Alabama, which isn't really a shocker because after we saw what uh, their future quarterback situation is with the uh, Hawaii kid. But he also, you know, went to Texas A&M over LSU, over Auburn, over Mississippi State. I mean, you, you know, list off all of the SEC schools and he's a Florida kid. You think, you know, Florida State, Florida, Miami. Uh, any one of those FAU, the Golden Knights, any one of those schools that are there in Florida, that, that for the most part, outside of the University of Florida and Florida State, all those schools had great programs and great 2017 years. So 
it's really shocking to see him I, you know, travel there. And again, I, I believe he's from Florida. Um, do not quote me on that. I'll find out more on the next commercial break, and I'll, I'll confirm that. But, um, yeah, so we're not really going to talk too much about that. If, if anything juicy comes out uh, about that today, then uh, look for the Facebook page, and I'll, I'll get some posts up there and, and some interesting comments. I did see one of the players pull out a Chucky doll to uh, demonstrate that he was going to the University of Florida over uh, University of Miami. I don't know the significance of the Chucky doll. It looks kind of creepy, but, you know, uh, people from Florida are a little different. So uh, if you're listening from Florida, because you're listening worldwide on IRLoneStar.com, I only mean that in loving, fun, friendly jokes. My grandmother lives there. You Florida people are a little strange, but then again, we all kind of are. And if you're living, listening outside of uh, Florida, welcome. If you're watching the podcast version, welcome. If you're watching on YouTube, welcome. And if you want to find out, if you're listening live here in Conroe uh, and you want to find out how to take my show or any show here on the Lone Star Community Radio platform, you can go on to IRLoneStar.com. Our programming is constantly being streamed on the uh, internet radio plat- or version on that on that website and everything like that. And then... All the different shows that this wonderful radio station offers are on there, and you can find out all the information about my show, uh, Dick's Morning with Lone Star, uh, Dick's, uh, what's your movie one called? He's got a movie one, Ticket Stub, The Stubbies. If you want to become a stubby, check out that. Uh, But yeah, we have tons of wonderful shows in the stations ever growing. Go look it up there. But if you want to find out where my podcast or my YouTube are, Go and search. You can just search Google, or you can go on iTunes uh, or Google Play. Uh, go to YouTube, all those wonderful uh, social media platforms, and just search Jake from Sports Talk, and I'll pop up, and you can watch all the episodes from the beginning. And I, I do have to apologize. I do have a couple fans that have been messaging me, trying to figure out where the heck I am, if I just disappeared, if you know, Dick, you know, made me take a long walk off a short bridge. But she's shaking his head. That's what's going to happen after the show. But uh, no, I, I, I have explained this. I started a new job, and it's a wonderful job, and I'm enjoying it a lot. Uh, but it's just been a kind of a crazy schedule getting settled into that new position. And, uh, and now I am settled. I'm done. And we should be back here live every week. No excuses anymore. If I don't come, it's you know my own fault, my own personal fault. So... Welcome back. Glad to be back. Glad to have all you in here on IR Lone Star. And this is Conroe's FM 104.5, 106.1. And again, worldwide on IRLoneStar.com. So with all that said, Super Bowl. Yes, we had a Super Bowl occur this past week. And I, I told Dick this morning, I said, I, I wish I could sit here and say I picked the Eagles and I was smart enough to do that. I, I would have told you before the Super Bowl, the Eagles had the better team, but I picked the New England Patriots and the reason why I did it I I'm just a strong believer in what Belichick is capable of doing from a scheming standpoint over a two-week period and putting together a game plan that no matter how talented or how overmatched they are in the skill department by the other team he will find a way to win especially with the gunslinger that he has in his backfield in the name of Tom Brady all hell TB12. Um, 
which is a whole nother conversation that we, we will dive into because there's so many different dynamics to this storyline that's going on there. And we're, we're going to get into that probably in the next segment. And it's, get, it's really getting juicy and juicier by the day because we had a, just a huge explosion last night. And I'm sure if you're engulfed in the sports world as much as I am, the Josh McDaniels, uh, I, I guess, denial of the Colts offer is just incredible. So... It, like I said, we'll get in. All, we'll get we'll get into all of that in the next segment. But the 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 fact of the factors of Brady and Belichick versus, I mean, you can look at Doug Peterson and say he's he's a factor in this, and he was, and he actually did play a factor, but in another role or another way, I guess, than someone like Nick Foles. Nick Foles was the was the the key to this game, this key to victory for the Eagles. The Eagles defense although kind of got shredded in that second half, really did enough to slow Brady and Belichick and, and McDaniels in the first half, really slow them down and, and kind of ensure that their, uh, that their defense was, was uh, you know, ultimately better. But in that second half, it, Brady went to Gronk and they did what they do best and they shut him down very quickly. And, uh, and you know, but it, it was it was something that we – you know, it's it's kind of what I I expected. I, you know, Tom Brady, I know, is going to do what he needs to do to win that game. And if you go look at his stat line, he had over 630 yards of passing. No interceptions. One fumble. Not really his fault. Poor guard, whoever he is. I don't even know his name because he's an offensive lineman and nobody really cares about offensive linemen. Sorry, offensive lineman out there. I was one of you one t- once upon a time. But... In reality, you you you're a nameless figure, your faceless uh, faceless name for a lot of people, and the only time you are relevant is when something bad like this happens, and it happened. And outside of that one blemish, you know, Brady played a flawless game. Their offense played a flawless game with Brandon Cooks going down, and um, and basically having to rely on on just some really amateur level. Super stars, I guess pros. It, it, it's it's amazing what they did with that offense, with that skill level on that offense against a Philly defense that you know shut down a Minnesota offense that was really showing a lot of high power offensive ability all year long. Philly held them to seven points, and then what what Brady does against so you got to give a lot of praise to Brady, and you got to give a lot of praise to the to the. Eagles organization to be able to take Tom Brady's, I guess, hardest punch. If you relate it to a boxing match, Brady threw haymakers and were, was landing them on the Eagles' chin, and the Eagles stood tall for the entire time. Took punch after punch after punch, and I, you got to commend him on that. That was really nice. Now, the coaching for the Eagles, incredibly dumb. And I know they, they won, and... You know, everybody wants the Eagles to play not conservative because how many teams have we seen play the Patriots, get some sort of lead in the first half, and then go conservative and not and end up losing the game because they went conservative. I'm glad that the Eagles took tons of chances, and that was the best part about that Super Bowl. Both sides were like, hey, we're all out. This is it. This is the Super Bowl. We're not holding back. And it was – we had two two passes to both of the quarterbacks – Brady looked like a fool and missed his, 
and uh, Nick Foles caught his for a touchdown. You know, Super Bowl MVP, Super Bowl loser, uh, I guess would be the best way to look at that. But you look at the clock management in the last five minutes of the fourth quarter, Peterson did not handle the clock well at all, gave Brady two opportunities to drive down the field and score. Um, now, luckily, his defense bailed him out in both of those situations, obviously. Otherwise, we would be sitting here and saying, wow, Brady did it again. Um, and then in addition to that, a lot of the play calls, even though that play call with that pass to Nick Foles worked, man, that's incredibly gutsy. That's incredibly gutsy. Uh, they're, they're running game. I mean, you could have put Ajayi in there. You could have put Blunt in there. And you could have ran it in 40 different place play formations to either one of those running backs. And both of them would have got in the end zone, but no, you decide to fake the pitch, fake the reverse and throw to Nick Foles. It's risky. It worked, but you made it harder on yourself for no reason. There's other uh, instances like at the end of the second half, um, basically giving Brady enough time to go down, score the touchdown right before halftime, giving them some momentum going into half you just the clock management overall. It, it, I a lot of people were wanting to commend and praise the coach, the coaching of Doug Peterson because he was so fearless with his calls. There's a difference between fearlessness and recklessness, and to me, he was reckless and not wise in his. Yes, he was fearless, but he was also reckless with it. So. I think there was there would have been a more a, a better form of fearlessness that he could have taken to do so, but nonetheless they won the Super Bowl. Nick Foles is your MVP, and he already went to Disney World, which is quite amazing to me. The fact that he can turn around so quickly and I mean he was in Minneapolis for you know all of twelve hours I think after the Super Bowl before he was back in Disney World. Uh, the, those uh, Disney. Disney's pushing hard. Disney's going to rule our world. Uh, we haven't talked about the sports media aspect of the Fox acquisition yet. Um, yeah, Disney's going to rule the, the at least the sports world while Amazon takes over the rest of the world. So we're going to be looking at uh, Amazon drones flying around Mickey Mouse with Mickey Mouse ears on them constantly around the world. It's going to be great. We're going to live in a in an odd odd world, but. We are going to go to break. Uh, when we come back, we are going to talk about the other team in the Super Bowl, the Patriots, and just everything going on in that organization. The, the divide between Brady and Belichick and Robert Kraft and how everybody's kind of handling this. And the loss of Matt Patricia, what does that mean for their defense? The retaining of Josh McDaniels, what does that mean for their offense? So stick around. We will be back right after these messages. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to Jake from Sports Talk here on 104.5, 106.1, worldwide on IRLoneStar.com. Listen in Mondays at noon to hear Conroe news from local nonprofits, businesses, upcoming events, Conroe Park events, news stories, and information that matters to you with your host, Margie Taylor of Taylorized PR. For more information about being a guest, visit IRLoneStar.com slash Conroe Culture. A Lone Star Community Radio is ready for the summer. If you or anyone you know is looking for summer internship opportunities, 
The Lone Star Community Radio is a great place to grab the mic and be on the air. The Lone Star Community Radio offers a great opportunity to those interested in learning about the radio world all year round. Be an on-air personality, talk show producer, or YouTube TV podcast editor. Contact the station at info at irlonestar.com or call the station's message line at 936-647-3776. Welcome back to Jake from Sports Talk here on Lone Star Community Radio 104.5. 106.1 and worldwide on IRLoneStar.com. Don't forget, guys, you can go and check out my Facebook page, my YouTube page. Um, I guess there's a page kind of sort of thing for uh, Google Play and iTunes. Uh, all that is under the name and title of Jake from Sports Talk. Um, you can also go to IRLoneStar.com. Check out my page there. That'll give you all my information, tons of links and everything to get to where you want to be as far as your preferred listening method. Um, I, I, I'm going to take a quick pause, and I'm going to brag about the hat that I currently have on. Um, if you've ever heard of this brand, and I, really, to be honest, I, I've heard of it, but I had never really seen anything that they had produced. Um, and this is uh, not a actual sponsoring of anything, any sort. I'm just throwing out love and praise to something that I have come to really enjoy. I got this hat for Christmas and it is an incredibly comfy hat. Um, it's a lucky brand hat. I love the design. I love the color. I love that. It's kind of got this little, I don't even know, like faded kind of look to it. it. It's really cool. But the, the coolest thing about it is it's got this memory foam pad right in the front of it. And it, it rests up against your forehead and it really makes it really makes it way more comfortable to wear a hat. And I'm sure if you've watched the show all the time, if you've seen the YouTube version of it, I'm always wearing hats. Or if you've seen me on any other program on this show over you know the past almost year now, I always wear hats. I, I enjoy wearing hats. But sometimes after you know a whole day of wearing a hat, your, your head kind of gets uncomfortable or it feels cramped. But I, I got to really say I, I love this hat. It's a golf brand, um, so you can find them usually – at your academy, your, um, you know, I don't know if like a, a hat store in general would have them, but I know like academy, um, golf galaxy, places like that have them. So, uh, throw a little love their way. Go check them out. Uh, they're, they're really cool hats. I got a lot of awesome designs too. So anyways, back on track, a little side, side note there, but, um, Patriots division, and I'm not talking about their division champs and, and, how many times they've won it in a row now. I'm talking about the division within the organization. So since the last time that I did a live show, we had a major situation play out with Jimmy Garoppolo, backup quarterback for the New England Patriots. He gets traded away. And he gets traded away for a second-round draft pick, which a lot of people speculate and say, well, hey, that, that's not really enough for Jimmy Garoppolo. I mean, He's, you know, what we saw of him for four, four games while Brady was out. I mean, 
he played really well. And there was a lot of uh, consensus within the organization of the Patriots that that was the, the quarterback for the future. He was going to replace Tom. So to see them kind of up and out of nowhere, like this wasn't really discussed, like, hey, we're going to shop out you know, Garoppolo and see what we can get in return for him so we can ensure we win another title. No, it was – well, it finally came out that – you know, there was a report that came out that Belichick, when once informed that Garoppolo had to go, and I used the the choice word of had, uh, he sent one text to Shanahan in uh, in San Francisco and said, "You want him? Sure. Okay, he's yours. Second round draft pick. Done deal." And that was it. That was the extent of the negotiations. Belichick said, "What do you what what will you give me for him?" They said, two a second round draft pick." Yeah, sure. Fine, no problem, and they sent him over. It's a little shady. It's like, it, it, it's a little odd that um, because Belichick had said. I mean, Belichick is on record as saying that he thought Garoppolo, prior to all this, was the quarterback of the future. Well, then it kind of rolls out a little bit more, and it kind of rolls out that hey, he didn't just say this to. You know, Robert Kraft in passing and saying, you know, when Kraft asked him, you know, hey, how, how good is this Garoppolo kid? And, and Belichick's like, oh, yeah, he's, you know, the, the quarterback of the future. No, it, there are speculations, but there is some validity to it um, that he wanted to trade Tom Brady, that he had gone to Kraft and the GM of the Patriots and said, I want to trade Tom Brady and get, you know, a pot of gold for him, essentially, and uh, and see what what he's worth out in the open market and who's willing to give away half their team just to get Tom Brady. And I don't know if Brady got word of this. Um, there's been some speculation that Giselle, his wife, got word of this. Either way, it doesn't matter. Brady went over Belichick's head, went to Bob Kraft and Jonathan Kraft. And said, no, uh, we're going to go ahead and trade Jimmy and we're going to trade him now. And that's a confirmed report, confirmed story that he went over Belichick's head and said, I want him out now. I don't think it was anything personal against Garoppolo. I think it was, hey, I want to play and I want to play here and I want to play for another five years. I want to play till I'm 45 for the New England Patriots. And I'm not going to let some young whippersnapper come in and take over my job, even if it means that that's a better option, a better viable option for the New England Patriots. And and Kraft has got to see that. Kraft went very emotional here from an organization and a team that has always been very businesslike, never giving out the big contract, never you know signing anybody longer than a year or two outside of Brady and outside of Gronk and uh, Julian Edelman. Um, never, never doing anything emotional, you know, emotionally based, and being so financially sound and structured, to then making the most emotional choice, because it, clearly, obviously, and what we saw out of out of Jimmy G in the last five games of the season was he got San Francisco five straight wins, and you know that was an organization that was a team that was. I, I think two and a no no what they were two and nine they were yeah two and nine going in to the acquiring of Jimmy Garoppolo and then he wins in the last five games so clearly he's a good quarterback 
um, it, it obviously was an, an emotional decision, not the smart business decision to do. And I think Belichick is seeing the end of Brady. I, I don't think maybe it's next year, but I, he's seeing the end of Brady. And now that all this happens, we have this foundation built now where we know there's this, this divide. And uh, obviously Robert, Robert Kraft has chosen Brady over Belichick because he, he complied with Brady's uh, demand and not with uh, Belichick's request of, you know, hey, maybe we should shop around Brady. And so now we've got this foundation of rift. And now the next thing to come out is, hey, okay, all of our, uh, all of our players are kind of divided on some locker room issue. And we don't really know what the locker room issue is. And there's reports and speculations of what it could be. And, what it, and Tom comes out and says, yeah, Belichick told me I'm not allowed to have my personal doctor on any team trips anymore, uh, any plane rides, anything along the anything along those lines, and he's no longer allowed to have an office within Gillette Stadium. Now, Tom Brady's doctor is not an actual doctor. I use doctor in the loosest terms. He is the man who has helped create this TB12 for Brady. Now, he has been referred to as a witch doctor, a man of uh, Eastern medicines, and uh, all sorts of different things. You can go and look him up yourself. But he went to Brady with this health plan and said, hey, this is going to allow you to play until you're 45, and if we do it right, it could even allow you to play until you're 50. And so Brady bought into it, and, you know, look, he's here where he is, and he's extremely healthy, and he, he still looks like he can play at the highest of levels. He still looks like he's... Uh, one of the best quarterbacks currently playing in the league. So uh, TB12 has to work to some extent, right? But Tom didn't just buy into the the diet and exercise. He bought into the friendship that he had built with this individual and this partners business partnership that he built into it, so much so that he went to Robert Kraft and he said, hey, this is what I'm doing and it's working. We need to start getting other people on this. The Patriots allowed him to have an office inside Gillette Stadium, allowed him to treat their along with their medical staff some of the players, and Belichick finally said, you're going to trade away Garoppolo, I'm getting rid of your doctor. Big kind of rift there. And then in the grand scheme of things, the fact that Brady said anything about it, nobody in that organization ever says anything to the media. The fact that Belichick commented on it, he never says anything to the media. So we got this whole scandal going on about a stinking doctor that's not even really a doctor. And we're like, okay, is this it? Is this the end of the Patriots? Well, then fast forward to the Super Bowl. So this past Sunday, Malcolm Butler has not received any information prior to taking the field. And right before they take the field, he gets informed that, hey, we're benching you. He's not sure why. He now everything here is still out in the open. Nobody has no story has come out that that we can prove has any validity or fact to it. So I, I say all this with the loosest sort of storyline because I don't really know what's what's true and what's not true. Now he did show up late, and he said the reason why he showed up late was because he was sick and he was in the hospital. So he showed up late a day late to Minneapolis than the rest of the team did. Apparently, uh, he broke curfew one night, 
that's being reported. Um, I also saw a report, and I don't know how true it is, but I also saw a report uh, that he was caught with marijuana um, and uh, women. And um, I'm trying to think of any other crazy stories I heard about the whole situation. Anyways, Malcolm Butler, I, I don't think I have. Malcolm Butler came out and said, no, all that's true. They simply just gave up on me. And he's thinking it's got to be something to do with performance-based. And and the reason why I can almost tell you, almost guarantee you it's not performance-based is because you he, he played 98% of their snaps during the regular season. He was their best corner. Even if you didn't think he couldn't cover Alshon Jeffrey, who is a just a massive man, and Malcolm Butler's not that tall. I mean, Alshon Jeffrey's probably 6'7", 230. I mean, he, that's a, it's a large dude. Malcolm Butler's... 5'11, 6 foot, maybe. So, you know, he's not that he's not that tall. And so, but, but you couldn't play him on another receiver. He's still a useful key for him to only play one special team for one punt coverage. That's it. That's all he played. That's not being benched because of performance. No, there's no way. I mean, he could have covered other receivers. Something must have happened. Something must have happened to the point where Belichick. And 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 I I again in my opinion nobody really knows, but I believe that something happened bad enough to where Belichick knows it's going to come out and knows that when it comes out, it's going to be bad. And when it is that bad, and they played him anyways, it's going to look bad on Belichick and it's going to look bad on the organization. So Belichick said, "Nope, I'm getting out in front of this way ahead of time. I won't spread the story, but I'm not going to play him because that's going to be a story." Then you got Josh McDaniels choosing not to go to the Colts after Matt Patricia's already gone to the Lions. Um, the Colts have, you know, gotten all but uh, the paper signed by McDaniels. They've gone and signed all of the uh, assistant coaches that he personally handpicked and requested them to go get. Uh, talk to them. All those people have have started their move to Indianapolis. And now he decides not to go. Well, he decides this last night when he uh, goes to go clear out his office at Gillette Stadium. And he is met by Robert Kraft, Jonathan Kraft. And Jonathan Kraft is uh, Bob Kraft's son. And he's the um, head of player operations, I believe. Uh, And met by Bill Belichick as well. And uh, they had about a three hour long conversation of why he should stay. Apparently, they said all the right things. So what they said exactly, I don't know, but I think it has something to do with, you know, hey, Belichick's probably not going to be around too much longer. He's probably seeing the finish line for his own career. And um, McDaniels is the next in line to take over the Patriots organization. So, again, speculations. Nobody knows that for real, but that would make logical sense. Why else would he stay? Um, Plus, he had a terrible head coach record as as a head coach with the Broncos. So... All right, we're going to go to break. When we come back, we're going to talk about a little bit of the off-season fun that's going to come from the NFL. And Nick Foles, where does he land? Stay tuned. You're listening to Jake from Sports Talk here on 104.5 and 106.1 and worldwide on IRLoneStar.com. We'll be back. Our talk shows and music shows are looking for sponsors. Want to expand your brand awareness? Reach the hyper-local audience in Montgomery County? Lone Star Community Radio sponsorships accomplish this. Want to see our stats and rates? 
Check out IRLoneStar.com slash sponsor for more information. Or call in and leave us a message at 936-647-3776. Relax with a cup of joe or your favorite drink for the Conroe Lake Conroe Chamber of Commerce Chamber Chat. The show airs on the first Tuesday of the month at 11 a.m. on Lone Star Community Radio. Join hosts Courtney Galley and Brian Bondi as they chat about the Chamber's events and programs for the month and invite Chamber members into the studio to talk about their upcoming events and businesses. Learn about your Chamber with Chamber Chat every first Tuesday at 11 a.m. Lone Star Community Radio is looking for those who are interested in hosting their own talk show with monthly and weekly slots available on Conroe's FM 104.5 and 106.1 and on IRLoneStar.com. Start your own podcast, create your first YouTube channel, and be on TV. Contact Lone Star Community Radio online at IRLoneStar.com or call the station message line at 936-647-3776. Welcome back to Jacob Sports Talk. Sorry it took me a little longer to get back on the radio. We were having a discussion. So Dick, uh, Dick proposed the question of whether or not I thought the Malcolm Butler stuff was personal, as in what he did. Because uh, I did say that I, I do believe that he had to do something so bad, so egregious that uh, Belichick just knew it wasn't worth playing him, and that the headache after that, if he had played him, would not be worth it. He asked me if I thought that action was a personal action, something outside of the organization, or if it was something inside the organization. Well, uh, players uh, and Tom Brady has come out in Malcolm Butler's defense and saying the curfew thing's not true. The um, and that he can confirm that he was actually at the hospital in his his showing up late. Now, I, I, I don't, he didn't mention anything on the weed or the, the women, but I think that came out after he made his statement, so I, I don't think we can really read into that. But I think it's it, it's personal, or it was uh, something outside of the organization because there was tons of players that, um, I mean, they said it. They said it after the game. Uh, the, the locker room was divided. Going into that, prior to leaving the huddle, right before they left the huddle, nobody knew this was going to occur. The the, the Patriots didn't want the Eagles to, to find out that, hey, Malcolm Butler's not going to play. And so they didn't tell anybody until they left the locker room to go take the field. And they said, hey, Butler, you're, you're benched. You're not going to play. And so it's, this obviously wasn't something that was decided that day. It was something that was decided prior to. Um, but with that locker room being divided, if he had done something within the organization, I think um, I think it would have been I, I don't know. I don't think the players would have been as divided as they are. And and I, obviously they know what happened because if there's if there's any division, it would have been hey, you know we're we're all on Malcolm Butler's side or no hey Malcolm Butler's an idiot for what he did and he deserved this. So the fact that there's division is they they know what it is. And some are behind Belichick and some don't understand it like the rest of us because to me, and I, and I made this comment the other day and I got the response of, well, you don't have kids, but um, 
I don't see how that relates or compares. You don't manage your kids like you manage a football team. That, that's a little different, I, I, I would imagine. I, I don't have kids, so I, I can't really say. But when it comes down to the Super Bowl, if it's something as small and minor as being you know, late to Minneapolis by a day with an excused uh, – with an, with an excuse, not an excused excuse, but with an excuse, I, I think you can look beyond that. If you miss curfew, yeah, okay, maybe you bench him the first quarter or the first series, but you're going to bench him for the entire game? I, I, that doesn't make sense to me either. So I don't know. That that's it, It's all a lot. Of, it, it's really interesting. And I found I found the storylines with uh, you know Patricia leaving – with the um, Brady going over Belichick's head, with the kind of division, and when in, in the divisional rounds, when you saw uh, New England beat the Jaguars, and you saw how uh, how much tension there was on that stage when they were awarded the divisional championship, and and Robert Kraft was up there, and Belichick and Brady, and you had all three of them kind of standing up there. Well, you. You kind of saw the divide where, and you know, it was it was Robert Kraft and, and Brady to the right, and Belichick was you know right there to the left with about a three foot gap, while you know Brady and and Kraft are shoulder to shoulder. So it, it it felt you could feel the tension even watching it on TV, and so just the, that 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 all the storylines, and then Nick Foles, like Nick Foles, basically outperforming Brady, and it's hard to say. It, it, by no means is Nick Foles a better quarterback than Brady. Um, and he had some some questionable throws in the second half that weren't you know Brady esque, but no interceptions on the biggest stage, the biggest game of your life. He performed. If I was a betting man, I would have betted him. I would have bet on him folding, and he didn't. And you know, Foles Foles earned a lot of respect from people around the league, uh, let alone you know, fans and and media members and other things like that. I think a lot of players around the league respect because they know what kind of player he is. They know that, that he is a, a man that doesn't mind, uh, you know, playing backup. And they, they know that that's, that he, he understands that that's his role. And outside of the, uh, Chip Kelly experiment era, um, in Nick, Nick never expected to be the starter by any means. So, I was leading into something with that. Where was I? Oh, oh, yeah. So that's why he's going to stay in Philadelphia. Everybody's like, oh, yeah, they're going to try to trade him. They're going to try to get him. No, I think they're going to keep him in Philadelphia because I think he's a great backup. And they're paying him, I think, seven. No, 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 it's a little more than that. I think they're paying him eight million, eight, eight and a half, somewhere around there next year as a backup. They're paying Carson Wentz uh, less than six million next year because he's still under his rookie contract. And so between the two of them, it's a, I think it's a $14.3 million contract between those two quarterbacks, which is less than 85% of the starting quarterbacks' contracts, individual quarterbacks, for the rest of the teams in the NFL. So 31 other starting quarterbacks, 85% of them get paid more than Nick Foles and Carson Wentz's combined contracts. So it's kind of like you're getting both for a bargain at this point, so there's no real reason to rush financially to get rid of Nick Foles. And you don't know what Carson Wentz is going to be like. Coming back from an ACL injury, I mean, it takes a, it takes a full year for you to get as close as possible to 100%. And that's without any physical contact. You know, I, I'm, Adrian Peterson is the only 
outlier here, and that man is just a super god. I, I don't even know how to put it. He recovered from that so quickly and looked back to his normal self faster than anybody I'd ever seen come back from an ACL. Uh, so we don't know what he's going to be like and where and how all this is going to play out with Carson Wentz. He could come back and not be the same Wentz. And you would just say, Wentz upon a time. <laughs> I had to go for the pun there, sorry. Um, and and so why why rush to get rid of Foles? Now, is Foles the solution for your franchise for the next 10 years? No. He's 20, no, he's, he's a little older than that. I think he's 31, somewhere around that age. He's not young, but he's not old. He's got time left. But he's he and he's okay being comfortable being a backup. And even if you have to bump up his pay a little bit after this uh, after this contract that he's currently on ends, that's fine. I think it's worth bumping him up and keeping him around and letting him helping him develop um, a Wentz because he is. And other people, other uh, organizations that he's been with, they've all said he is a great teacher of the quarterback position. So I wouldn't be the one to rush to get you know to get him out of there and trade him. Now, if I get the phone call and they're willing to give me anything and everything I want, then sure, I, I'll trade him. Why not? But it would have to be a seismic deal that would be so worth it you'd be an idiot not to take it. The more interesting thing, we know Belichick now, just with everything that's happened with Josh McDaniels, is returning next year. But we could see the end of the Belichick and, and New England era coming to an end within the next two seasons. Within the next 24 months, really. Um, you know, Brady says he wants to play another four years. He'll be turning 41 really soon. He wants to play until he's 45. I don't, I, I, Father Time eventually wins. I have to imagine he's not going to make it to 45. It would be incredible at that position. I was watching a high school football game re-air this past weekend, and or this past week, because I've got a life, so I watch high school football re-airs. Um, this kid going to OU, he plays in Texas, he's a quarterback, drops back, plants his, his leg, and, I mean, his knee just buckles, and you just see every ligament in his knee probably go to dust. And... I mean, it's it's one of those things. It's a freak accident. Nobody hit him. Nobody touched him. He was on a three-step drop and planted his back foot and bye-bye knee. So, you know, I, the odds are Brady's not going to make it four more years. Not 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 in this physical of a, of a sport. So I think Brady doesn't make it four more years. I think Foles remains there four more years. I think Gronk is done sooner rather than later. Gronk has either somebody he's either really financially smart or he's got somebody who's really financially smart in his ear talking him through these things. I found out last week that he doesn't touch a dime of his contract money. He only lives off of endorsement money, which is really smart. So all this money he's made over the years playing football, he hasn't ever spent a single cent of it. He's only lived off of endorsement money. And I find that very smart, but he he sounded pretty serious after the Super Bowl. I don't understand. 15 minutes after the game, after they, you lose the biggest game of the year, that's tough. That's a really hard time to talk to somebody about retirement and about the future because they don't, they don't, at that moment, they're such a low and a lull and an emotion, so physically and emotionally drained. Yeah, they're not going to sound like the happiest person in the world. But the fact that, that he had been talking about this in some, 
in, in some depth with somebody, we don't know who yet, but in somebody, with somebody in that organization about retirement, I mean, that's interesting coming from a man who you wouldn't think, you know, you think his career would end with him being pulled off of the field on a gurney. I mean, because that's just the kind of, I mean, he's a, he's a man, he's a mammal, he's a mammal. He's just a beast, and he's a giant polar bear that somehow got human skin on him. So you know, it's it's interesting. It's it, we'll we'll see how all this is going to shake out, and who's actually going to remain with the Patriots next year. It'll be a lot of fun. So stay tuned. I, when we come back, I promise we're not going to talk football. We're actually going to talk basketball, and why I'm kind of kind of upset with a lot of the media members in the world and what they're doing to coddle LeBron James. So stay tuned. We'll be back in a minute right after this commercial break. You're listening to Jake from Sports Talk here on Lone Star Community Radio. We'll be right back. Hey guys, this is Connor. This is Dick. This is Chris. And we're with the Ticket Stub Podcast every Thursday live at noon on 104.5 and 106.1 FM in the Conroe area. Also, anytime at IRLoneStar.com. You go to IRLoneStar.com backslash TTS. You can find all of our social media. And don't forget, we give away two tickets to the Grand Theater on every show. If you like movies and you like complaining or celebrating anything that has to do with the silver screen, Check out the Ticket Stuff podcast and join us every Thursday at noon o'clock on Lone Star Community Radio. Remember to download the Lone Star Community Radio app from your Google Play Apple Store. Bring Montgomery County's Community Radio with you anywhere with your smartphone or tablet. If you are in the Conroe area, tune in on FM 104.5, 106.1. If you are on your computer, bookmark IRLoneStar.com as your internet radio station. Lone Star Community Radio broadcasting 24-7 from the heart of downtown Conroe, Texas. Welcome back to Jay from Sports Talk. Woo! Glad to be back. It was a great Wednesday. Great, great return back to the live show. Again, uh, this should become a frequent thing. And if you really just love hearing me, um, or not a frequent thing, this should become back to the normal weekly thing every Wednesday, one to two live. Um, but if you do like the sound of my voice and you do want to hear more of it, um, hopefully we can get me on a uh, weekly segment with Dick and Skippy on the mornings with Lone Star Show every Wednesday as well. But I highly recommend you go and listen to them. They are a great show. Dick is a wonderful station manager. He is the manager of this Lone Star Community Radio Station. Uh, I owe this sh- everything I have for this show to him and, and his generosity and everything like that. So... Uh, go support his two shows, Mornings with Lone Star. Does it with Skippy. Skippy is an old, crazy man, and we love him here. And then he uh, he's also got the Ticket Stub, which is a great movie podcast. If you are a movie buff, become a stubby. Uh, I, I know I am. I, I haven't listened to a, a Ticket Stub episode in a while, but you know I am a stubby, true deep and down. But anyways, you are listening to Jake from Sports Talk. I am your host, Jake LaFleur. Uh, don't forget, guys, you can go get the uh, podcast version of this show on uh, YouTube or the vodcast version version of this show uh, on YouTube. Just search Jake from uh, Sports Talk. And I, what are we at on the television side of things? Are we, we still on Our City TV? Yeah, so we still got Our City TV. Well, you know, I, it's been a little while. I actually had somebody scrolling through the channels the other day, and they were like, 
hey, and then they came into work the next day. They're like, hey, do you have a sports talk radio show? And I was like, yeah, why? She was like, I saw it on TV. And I was like, I know that guy. And I was like, oh, that's cool. <laughs> I got recognized. <laughs> that's probably the first time I've ever been recognized for my show. I asked if she watched. She said no. <laughs> I was like, all right, well, I don't blame you. She was like, I, I have enough sports in my life throughout the, the work day. So, but anyways, any who's uh, Cleveland, LeBron James. <sighs> okay. So the Warriors, and I, I know I just said Cleveland and LeBron James, and I can't follow that up with the Warriors, but <laughs> there's a reason why I do that. The Warriors head coach, Kerr, comes out and says uh, this past weekend that, hey, man, we're just trying to get to the All-Star break. All of us have just had a you know daunting, taskful first half of the season, and we all just needed a, we need a break from each other. Now they have the best record in the NBA at forty-one and thirteen, so it's not like they're performing bad. Even though uh, clearly they're sick and tired of each other already, I, and I don't think it's so much that they're sick and tired of each other and 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 that they just don't want to be around each other. I think it's you know it's like when you go home for the holidays and you're there for like a week. And then it's kind of like, all right, that's enough. I've had enough of my family. I'm ready to go back to my life and my lifestyle. I think that's kind of what it's like uh, for for where Golden State's at. They need that little break. Just that little tiny break is going to help them out. Now, a lot of people are speculating. And I, when I say a lot of people, I mean media members, uh, fellow journalists, uh, commentators, all that stuff. They're speculating, speculating that, you know, this is all occurring because they've been in the limelight so much. Over the last three years, or four years, four years, and yeah, you're, you're right. They have, and that's a, a reasonable explanation for why they're just kind of drained. I mean, it to have everybody analyzing every move you do constantly. I mean, I know that's annoying because I've got an older brother that does that with my life, and it's terrible. But you know, to have everybody in America doing, I can I can only imagine how hard and how difficult that is to have every waking moment be scrutinized by people you don't even know. Um, so everybody in the media has now adopted this mindset, this, oh, oh, poor you, Golden State, for being in the media so much, and has applied it to LeBron James. And they're saying, well, yeah, I mean, if, if the Warriors are this sick and tired of it after four years, imagine how LeBron James has felt for his entire you know, career all the way back to high school. I mean, national media has called him you know, the next Jordan since he was a senior in high school and came straight into the NBA and almost took the Cavaliers to the championship. Yes, I understand. And, but they're, they're using that excuse to excuse his performance and behavior this year. I'm not excuse that is not okay to me. The Cavaliers are currently 30 and 22. Doesn't sound all that bad, right? But they're third place in the Eastern Conference and they are only and they are only 4 points removed from missing the playoffs. Now, no, no, no. They're not going to miss the playoffs. They're going to make it in. They're going to be probably the fourth or third seed, if not higher. I don't think they're going to get the one seed back from Boston at this point, but we know that LeBron James and we know that the Cavaliers are not worried about the number one seed or the regular season altogether. 
but it's different this year. And I know we kind of say that every year, but it, it really is different this year. If you look at the play and you look at what, what LeBron is doing on the court, that man is the most talented person to ever pick up a basketball that I have ever seen. Now, I was too young to actually watch Jordan. And, and when I say watch, I mean watch Jordan. And I've, I've seen footages and, and clips and stuff, but it's different. I, I, I've seen LeBron and I've watched him play, and I, I, know, I, I know enough about basketball to tell you that that, that man – is the greatest basketball player that I've ever seen. I am not qualified to compare him to LeBron or to Jordan, so I'm not going to. But what he is doing on the court right now is is un- inexcusable. And it's not something that is, oh, he's been in the limelight for this long, so he's just extremely drained and tired, and that's why he's not playing his best. No. No, no, no. The, the reason why he's not playing his best is because he wants the leverage, and he's not getting the leverage. He's playing bad. He did this with um, – oh, goodness. I just went blank on their last coach before uh, Tyron Liu, and I can't – I'm. it'll come back to me here in a minute. The coach they had before Tyron Liu, David Blatt. He was not happy with David Blatt, and he said – you know, look. He, I mean, he didn't say anything, actually. He just went out and played piss poor constantly, and – until the point where it was like, okay, hey, LeBron doesn't want Blatt here anymore, so we're going to get rid of him, and we're going to bring in who he wants. So they brought in Tyron Lue. And LeBron said, okay, thanks. Now he played good. Now he's going to play well. And he's going to play well throughout the entire year and go on to go win a championship, I believe, that year, if I'm remembering correctly. Um, he's doing that same situation now. So he's not He's not worn out and tired from from media exposure. No, he's acting like a baby. He's acting like you're a five-year-old kid that goes into Target with you and or Walmart or wherever you shop, if you're here in Texas, H-E-B, and you're going down the cereal aisle and they want the Cocoa Puffs because they got a spoon in it that changes color when you put it in milk, but you say no, so he throws a tantrum tantrum, so he throws himself on the floor and throws a tantrum tantrum until you buy him the Cocoa Puffs that have a spoon in it. Because that spoon changes colors when you put it in milk. He's a two-year-old, okay? He's acting like a baby because he wants them either to uh, trade and get somebody worthwhile that's going to make the team better or, more importantly, get rid and trade away that's, that uh, New, um, New York uh, Brooklyn Nets, there we go, Brooklyn Nets uh, draft pick for somebody that's going to help make the team better. And... Uh, kudos to the Cleveland Cavaliers organization saying, no, no, we're not going to trade anything away because you're not going to be here in six months. You're going to leave us and we're not going to try to, to, to go do this again. We, we did this when you went to Miami. We did this when you went to Miami and we tried to get you as much as we could at that last deadline moment, right before the trade deadline. And it didn't work. And it didn't help. You didn't stay. You still left for four years. Granted, you came back. It took a huge apology from the owner to get him back, but he came back. It's crazy. It, it, and and I, I applaud Cleveland, and I, I implore them, implore them to hold their ground. Because in this instance, in this one instance, LeBron is usually right against management. In this one instance, he is wrong. He is acting like a two-year-old brat. All right, guys. That's it. That's my rant. And you guys know I'm, I'm usually pro player anyways in any, a lot of these situations. So it, it means something when I say I, I am with the organization here. But uh, 
We will be back live. I enjoyed this so much. I, I, it's so much better doing it live. I really enjoyed this so much. I look forward to being back next week, next Wednesday, one to two every Wednesday here on Lone Star Community Radio, IRLoneStar.com, 104.5, 106.1. Check out the podcast. Check out the YouTube. Go search Jake from Sports Talk. Till next week. Till next time. Have a good week, guys. Bye.